0: Most community leaders agree this is the biggest problem we face. I was always worried about Siesta Beach being named the number one beach in America. To me, it was the kiss of death, as I believe the title would draw hundreds of thousands of new tourists from across the United States, thus ruining the quaintness many of us have loved about the place. Given the now ever-expanding parking lot, which seems always full, I think my concerns were warranted. The beauty and marketing of the beach meant that demand would skyrocket while the supply, of course, was limited. Sarasota housing is in a similar predicament. Throngs of new residents have discovered us, but the supply of reasonably priced homes hasn't been able to keep up. And now we have an affordable housing crisis. Today's guest and I will explore this topic to see if there's a solution for this problem which has been building for over 40 years. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, and I'm very happy to welcome John Thaxton, Senior Vice President for Community Leadership of the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. In this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about John, what he learned as a young real estate agent that gave him a heart for first-time home buyers, the accepted definition of affordable housing, the scope of the problem, why John believes inclusionary zoning is a must to address the current housing crisis, and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today, as it is my hope you will listen, learn, but most importantly, connect. John Thaxton, Senior Vice President for Community Leadership of the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories
1: Podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity.
0: Well, it's great to have you on. And just so our listeners know, John and I had a little, uh, little technology problems before we got on here, but hopefully everything's going to hold together and we will uh, we'll be able to put together a great episode for you. So, so John, you have a long history in this area. I mean, you grew up here, you went to Venice High School, you've been involved with you know, so many different things, including the, you're a county commissioner for 12 years, and now you're with the uh, Gulf Coast Community Foundation. There's a lot that we need to get into, but the one topic we're going to talk about is affordable housing, which is, of course, on the forefront of most everybody's minds here in the greater Sarasota area. But before we get into that, I want to ask my favorite question, which is, what is one thing most people don't know about John Thaxton? Well,
1: let me um, let me start off by not being strict with my answer in terms of the question. I'll give you two things real quick. Um, The first thing is that as a, a juvenile, I had an extensive criminal record. And the second thing is that by many standards, I have the largest collection of the Andy Griffith show memorabilia in the world.
0: Well, those are two. Uh, those are two pieces of uh, info from the left field. So, well, w- great comeback from the extended uh, criminal background. Great comeback, man! Because you are you're a high profile and you're a respected member of the community. So, good job there. I, you know, it's funny you talk about the Andy Griffith show. I was actually part of a church that started an Andy Griffith
1: community group there, and they used principles from Andy Griffith. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a series of books, a series of tapes and a series of videos um, that have a a Christian origin that uses the messages contained in various shows, various episodes um, as kind of a framework for um, a, a Christian lesson in life. That is too much. It's funny because the buddy of mine, the church I was
0: going to at the time up in uh, Southwest Ohio, he started this. He was on staff there. I said, man, you're crazy. Wait, what? What are you going to do? But it went well for a couple of years. It kind of petered out and they started something else. But well, that's pretty fascinating. That's pretty fascinating. So, well, well, let's get. Let's just jump right into the affordable housing issue because uh, I came down here in 2015 and sort, certainly... That was one of the things that I came across early on as I was dealing. I think it was Kevin Cooper at the chamber. Somehow it came up in a conversation. Of course, then as you live down here, you see it's 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 a really, really big issue. It's a terrible issue right now that we're having to deal with. But um, you're with the Gulf Coast Foundation. Is this an issue that the foundation is behind or is this a issue that uh, John Thaxton has been dealing with for quite some time?
1: Well, it's actually, it's both. Um, It clearly is an initiative directed by the Gulf Coast Community Foundation Board of Directors, and thus my engagement um, presently. But my first um, work in affordable housing in Sarasota County occurred around 1975-76. Oh, wow. I first got my real estate license, and um, at the time, I look very immature, uh, barely shaving and thin as a rail. And it was difficult to convince the senior population of Sarasota County at that time that they should entrust their most valuable asset to a, a kid. Um, and so I started working with first-time home buyers and FHA and VA home buyers, all of which are very um, the lowest of the low income that are eligible for purchasing a home. And I just fell in love with it. I loved it. I I got so much joy and reward out of helping someone get their first home and then helping them build equity um, and attain wealth through the ownership of of real estate that I just simply never gave it up. Even um, later in my real estate career, when I had um, a good portfolio of clients, I still accepted new clients that were first-time home buyers and FHA and VA. Because nobody else wanted to work with them, um, it's three times the work, and a fourth of the money because the sales prices are low. And sure, and these individuals are, are, nevertheless, hardworking, but still very difficult to get qualified for loans. So, the majority of the deals that you put together don't even close, so you don't even get paid for them. Uh, but for me, the uh, the reward of of helping someone. Um, break the chain of generational poverty was worth the extra effort and the lower pay. Then, of course, um, I, I kept doing that for several decades. And then when I became a county commissioner, I continued the work. And interestingly enough, at Gulf Coast Community Foundation, the affordable housing crisis worsened, it deepened and it broadened. And so they took it up as an initiative. But I would say that the affordable housing crisis in Sarasota County has been here for 30 or 40 years. The only thing that has changed is the number of people that are impacted by the afford, by, by the housing market. When I was working at it in the 70s, there were still people in crisis that could not afford to live here, but they really? were counted that in long, the hundreds. Wow. Now the people are counted in the thousands. It's become a um, an economic imperative that we do something about it. And so the crisis has always been here. The only difference between the 70s and 80s, and the 2000 and the 2020s is the number of households that are impacted by the unaffordability of housing in our area. It, 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 it
0: seems to me, as someone who's, again, relatively new, I mean, i vacationed here for many, many years coming down from uh, Cincinnati, but someone who's been a full-time resident for the last eight years, it seems to me like so often... Communities are behind the curve. I mean, it's like building another causeway or doing something with regards to longboat uh, with the traffic jams out there and whatnot. I mean, that's going to be years in the making as far as coming up with a solution. But the same for affordable housing. You saw this coming, and obviously we're talking about it early on. Why does it seem like there's just no um, community
1: foresight to be able to, to deal with such a problem? Well, I think it's 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 a simple question, but the answer is really complicated. So in the interest of time, um, I would suggest a couple of items that, that cause this to happen. Um, first off, when the, low, the numbers are low, like they were in the 70s and the 80s, it is very easy to s- sweep the issue under the carpet because it's only affecting a, a small portion of the population. Um, the second um, problem is, though, that um, this is kind of like putting – you know, the, the, the lobster in the, in the water, um, when the water is cold and slowly bringing it to a boil, it's just, you really don't notice the temperature change. Sure. So incremental and gradual. And that's exactly what happened to affordable housing up to a point. Um, another aspect of it is that this is an issue that is created by the market. It simply put the reason we have a, an affordable housing crisis is that the supply of housing, afford- affordable, affordable, to the workforce in Sarasota has grown so far beyond, uh, the demand has grown grown so far beyond the supply that it's become a a very huge issue. So this imbalance of supply and demand was created by market forces. And there are a lot of individuals that believe that the market can correct it. And I can go into detail and give you evidence as to why that is a, a fallacy. Um, the market cannot uh, cure this problem that it created, uh, but I would also go as far as to suggest that you cannot fix the problem without taking into consideration the um, uh, the needs of the market. So it, it's it's a very difficult um, concept for many to understand. And then the third thing is that many of the things that need to be done to cure the supply and demand affordable housing imbalance are politically very difficult. To I'm sure. um, adopt, I'm sure they are. You what, put all those forces together, and I think that's the answer to your question. I, I, I'm sure it'd be very, very difficult.
0: Uh, incentive is everything, I think, as a famous economist once said. But w- what is the definition of affordable housing?
1: So we have a lot of definitions out there, um, and as an autodidactic redneck from Osprey, I tend to dump things down to their simplest form, so that the um, the meanings and the and the um and the primary solutions are are attainable to someone like me and simply put affordable housing is housing that is attainable and maintainable to a household without that household spending more than 30 percent of their income on housing 30 percent, yeah that's it so i want you to think of housing as a continuum because it is. Um, We have many housing needs in our community and the market will only provide housing down to a certain price point, but we have many in our community that cannot afford that minimum price point of where the market is building homes. So if you take into consideration the high cost of land, the high cost of labor, the high cost of material, the high cost of everything associated with building a housing unit in Sarasota. And when I use the term home, I'm also including rental apartments. When you sure. take that into consideration, the, um, the price of a, to construct a unit in Sarasota is somewhere between 200 and $250,000 or so, the minimum price. And that includes no profit. Um, however, many in our community cannot even afford that price point. So it's unrealistic to expect the market to build this lower continuum of these homes. And in fact, the market has not built this lower continuum of home for 30 or 40 years now. And that is why we have this imbalance of supply and demand built up to the crisis point that it is today. So affordable housing is really simple. Um, The first thing to understand is you... Everyone needs a house to live in. Housing is essential. It's not a luxury. The second point is that a household cannot spend more than 30% of their income on housing. If they do, they're a cost burden. And then you're creating problems with the child's education, health care, transportation, or some other need of, of, of the family. So the trick is letting the market do what the market does. Because the market does very well in Sarasota. About for providing luxury homes and luxury condominiums. The market hasn't provided homes for people in the lower income bracket, meaning making um, below 80% of area mean income for 30 years. So it's ridiculous to expect in these times that the market is going to be the solution for providing those homes. It's simply not going to happen.
0: But isn't it compounded by the fact of the other – pressures that are put upon the average family. I mean, you know, rising fuel costs. Uh, you know, for example, I guess my question is, is and just really trying to bone up on the understanding of the, the problem itself is in the past would it not be more acceptable if somebody who cannot afford in the immediate area, afford to live in the immediate area, to drive in from a further distance, you know, whether it's from you know north of Bradenton or south of Sarasota or even even east and so that's compounded by the fact that now those fuel prices are higher and you got supply chain issues etc you know hangover from
1: covid and whatnot so is that that compounded the problem I, I think the um the problem has been compounded by many things including hurricanes and red tide and the housing market COVID 19 um I can, I can go on and on and on about the impacts to these low-income families but the solution to affordable housing is not having your workforce move further and further and further away from the workplace. Uh, That is a default decision and it's a fool's game. It simply will not work. You cannot have your workers spending less and less and less time away from their children, driving non-reliable, non-fuel efficient automobiles for an hour, 40 minutes to an hour and a half to get to work and, and from work, creating additional pollution clogging the highways with more and more and more traffic, Um, the only viable solution to affordable housing is creating housing near the workplace in quality neighborhoods with quality housing.
0: So let's get into that then is the solution. So I came across a term that I was not familiar with, which is called inclusionary zoning. Mm -hmm. And I pulled a quote out of a uh, article from the Herald Tribune here that you were a part of back in I guess, in August of last year. And I'll just read this short clip here. It's, Inclusionary zoning is a local requirement that requires a certain share of new development to be priced for people with lower incomes would address the demand. This is part of the conversation that nobody likes to have, but it's critical to have because we haven't had it for 30 years. And I think this is a direct quote from you, uh, John. Every time we approve one of these luxury condos or gated communities, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of units, we create a demand for a service workforce, they have been creating this demand for four decades. And for four decades, we've not been tracking this demand. So we have fallen woefully behind. So you're proponent of inclusionary zoning. How do the builders feel about that?
1: <laughs> well, as you might imagine, um, uh, the builders, the developers, and many of the policymakers are not a big fan of this uh, yeah. at all. But the, the concept is one of kind of a, um, a, a dual rational nexus test. And I know that sounds kind of geeky here, but it, it's very similar. The first thing that I, the first um, assumption that I came to, and I think we all need to come to, is that housing is critical infrastructure for building a community. Affordable housing to the service workforce is also critical infrastructure in building a community. We need this housing just like we need a sewer system, a water system, a library system, a park system, or, or anything else. It's just as critical of a of an infrastructure component as are any of these others. Now we have something called impact fees that we charge on new development. Right. And what it, the concept is is that if you are creating a demand for a percentage of of a new water plant, then you build you pay that pro rata share for each new unit that you develop so that we don't fall behind sure every 20 to 25 units of market rate homes that we build creates a demand for one affordable housing unit that the market is not building so affordable housing the affordable housing crisis has basically been created in sarasota county because of that um, unmet need created by market rate housing so i'm not suggesting that linkage fee, or excuse me, that these um, um, inclusionary zoning is the ultimate solution. I'm I'm open to listening to other ideas, but all of the other affordable housing solutions that you hear about, um, people talk about, about expedited permitting and reducing impact fees. And um, the, the list is long. Yes. They're all on the all on the they're they're all on the supply side of the supply demand equation. No one's paying attention to the demand side, so we're building on the supply side affordable housing units by the tens of hundreds, but on the demand side, we're creating a demand by the hundreds and the thousands. Yes. Well, again, you 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 that's you can't catch up. As a matter of fact, you're always going to fall behind with that. So what inclusionary zoning does is says look every time we build 20, 25 of these units, we create a demand for one affordable housing unit. So it should and could be um, the responsibility of the new development to provide that one unit in order to keep track of the demand for affordable housing that they're created. Right,
0: right. But But is there any type of a price offset or a revenue offset for the builder who doesn't want to do that because they want to get the full value of every unit that they build is there is there and i mean like a um, more higher density areas that are built so where that uh, somehow they can recoup that loss of revenue that they
1: might have realized that's, that's that's a good point and of course inclusionary zoning can only be done when you are offering the developer something that offsets The cost of providing these affordable. So typically in Sarasota County, if we are offering a um, increased density through a rezoning, that is more than adequate to cover the cost of constructing these affordable housing units at the rate that we are, uh, at the rate that we're discussing. So that is actually a mandatory. But but I would add, though, that um, many out there will suggest, and it's been widely published, that we can cure this affordable housing crisis. The market can cure it by simply increasing densities, and by opening more land for development. Well, I would suggest to you, as a person who's probably paid as much attention to land use decisions over the last four decades in Sarasota County as anyone, that over those four decades, we have been doing nothing but increasing densities, Yes, and we have been doing nothing but opening new land east of town for affordable, for new development, and neither of those has produced a single unit of affordable housing to that would be affordable to our service workforce. So to suggest that all of a sudden that is a solution when it has not worked for many decades is, is disingenuous. Well,
0: okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate and take, take a little bit of an exception with you here. Cause I had Mark Vengroft on back in episode 79, one-stop housing and he would be the market solution or Not, not, and again, I I would imagine we're going to get to a point here where you say there's real, ultimately no solution, but there's basically trade offs and trying to make a situation better than where it is. But Mark came on, and of course, what he and his investors do is they buy old hotels and other other properties that need uh, upgrading and whatnot. And then he turns those into affordable housing. His father, uh, uh, let's see, Harvey, 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 yeah, yeah, which well known around here for many years, uh, was the one who actually started the company. So, is that not a is that not a private solution or is that not a business solution to this problem or at
1: least chipping away at it? Yes and no. Um, first off, every uh, for, I could give you a list of twenty five affordable housing um, activities. None of them are going to cure the affordable housing crisis that we are in. The only solution to an affordable housing to this affordable housing crisis that we're experiencing is a comprehensive and strategic assemblage of many if not all of those strategies working together. So in the time, and, and first off, Harvey Vengroff is a very close friend of mine and I work very closely with Mark Vengroff and he does have an extraordinary uh, model. However, Mark and Harvey have been doing this now for what? 20 years or so 15 years yeah and the affordable housing crisis has worsened we have again he's working on the supply side and we need to maintain right, all right, these right. Efforts on the supply side but until we get a handle on the demand side we're creating a demand that is 2 to 3 times greater than his supply side even if we scaled it to the maximum amount that we can scale it um it's still the two are not going to Match up so my point is is that yes, those we should be increasing densities, we should be increasing heights, we should be giving expedited permitting, we should be giving relief to impact fees, we should be reducing government regulations, we should be doing all of that, but even doing all of that, the approval rate of new development in this community is still going to overshadow that supply side with excessive demand, so we need to be doing them all um, my hat's off to, to Mark and his father Harvey Harvey was producing low-income, very low-income units in Sarasota County when absolutely nobody else was doing right. it. And everyone was giving him a hard time for doing so. Um, I am a big fan of the Gogh family and support all of their work and all their endeavors, but it alone is not going to be adequate to fix this imbalance of supply and demand.
0: So you are... And and I know you're a part of the affordable housing advisory committee, and you have a a diverse group of folks on that committee. Do you all study some of the other areas of the country? Whether it's I don't know, San Francisco or New York or even Miami. I mean, there's been tons of organizations. Excuse me, tons of communities that have gone through this problem before. And, uh, as except maybe for COVID, there's nothing new under the sun. So I've, I'm just curious whether you do any benchmarking off of that to, to, to say, well, look, th- this is the dent that we put into it.
1: Extensive. Yeah. That's, that's the majority of the time that are, that the affordable housing advisory committee spends is looking at best practices from around the country and in particular in the state. And the, the reason that we pay particular attention to the state is because housing laws change from state to state. So there are many um, affordable housing solutions that you could look at in other communities and other states that are actually unlawful in in the state of Florida. So you need to stay within the box of the regulatory confines and construct recommendations that are uh, reasonable and feasible and lawful within the community that we're at. And so we do have a diverse group. Um, the city of Sarasota and the county um, affordable housing committees met jointly. And we came up with a list of about 20 some recommendations um, that I feel are the blueprint to um, approaching affordable housing solution in Sarasota County. Uh, but so far, some of the more difficult ones, such as creating a local affordable housing trust fund, um, inclusionary zoning, and um, and, and things like, um, these are all national best practices. Sure. Miami, for instance, has an inclusionary zoning policy that is producing thousands of affordable housing units and other places in the nation have done, it, have done it too. But one of the simple ones that I would like to see done, and it costs no money, is every time every policymaking body in this community makes a policy decision, we need to be asking the question, how does this policy decision impact affordable housing? Is it gonna make it better? Is it gonna make it worse? Or is it gonna be neutral? And I can tell you after decades of land use hearings and going to school board and hospital board uh, meetings, that question is not asked. So I think the first thing that we need to do is begin asking this question and having this open conversation with our community. Are these policy decisions that we're making Exacerbating affordable housing, we need to be talking about it. It's uncomfortable; people don't like to do it. And I'm not suggesting that it be the um, decision-making metrics in it, in, it, in it alone. But you know, I can give you examples this year, and this year is only you know we're just now getting into you know April May or sure, say, right, where we have made probably um, I would guesstimate. 15 to 20 policy decisions in Sarasota County with our municipalities and our county that have worsened the affordable housing problem and nobody mentioned it during those policy decision um, points. That's a problem. It is a problem. And,
0: I, and I'm sure that there are just so many different voices out there that have different incentives you know, for their own particular, whether it be their pocketbook or their own uh, you know, political desires. I mean, that that's what you're fighting
1: up against. Well, it's never, you know, if you look back at my career, um, beginning in the late seventies with environmental activism, um, I, I, making friends was never the priority. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my priority, you know, As as a young teenager, no, you can't. Preserving as much of the natural lands in Sarasota for future generations as I can, from the moment I made that decision in 1976 until the day I leave physically leave this this planet, um, I will be working at at preserving as many environmentally sensitive lands as as possible, and whether or not it makes me uh, friends with uh, certain individuals or certain groups. Uh, It'll never happen, yeah. That's, well, that's some not, yes, the, some no, yeah. That's not the issue. And the same thing is true with affordable housing. I feel a moral obligation um, that every working family in Sarasota County should be able to live close to their place of worship, close to their schools, in a quality neighborhood, close to where they work, without being cost burdened, without having making a decision. Do I pay for rent or do I pay for healthy, nutritious food for my children? Do I pay for rent or do I pay for quality child right, care? Right. That's For me, that is morally an unacceptable question for us to be forcing our working families into making. So um, that's why affordable housing is, is is so important. I believe that if we, there's two issues that I think if this community can, and, and I believe that we actually can do this. um aspirational, yes, but attainable, yes. If we can um, substantially cure the behavioral health, mental health, and the affordable housing needs of the workforce in Sarasota, 80% of all of the other Problems go away.
0: Oh, I'm sure. And and you know how, you know how you cure the mental health issue. You just turn off all the social media.
1: I think it's going to require um, some <laughs> investment in uh, quality healthcare providers. Um, yeah, healthcare, indeed. Which we're really lacking uh, today, and you know, affordable housing. Y- you can just look at um, the um, uh, the criminal activity and the oh, behavioral sure. health issues and education issues that are all affected by affordable housing. If you have a child that's growing up and their parents are struggling to pay for a safe place to live, that child is going to suffer in many respects, including education, um, physical health, um, mental health, and career training. Absolutely. we so we've, we've, we've We've got to get a handle on this.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's the stress level that's being put on families and people act out. And that's what tears them apart. Well, we've we've talked about a lot of problems and we've talked about some of the solutions that you, what are you, what are you optimistic about? What are the, the bright points that you're seeing coming through in the discussions that you have and the progress that we're making that makes you optimistic for the future?
1: Well, the, um, as much as I, I like to, um, criticize um, policymakers and let's, for the record, I've been criticizing policy rec- makers since the seventies. Um, and I am, a was a policymaker and I can criticize myself for the bad decisions that I made. So I feel like I, I'm in a, um, an okay position to continue that criticism. But th- the thing that makes me optimistic are some of the discussions that the policymakers are having. Um, I, you go to a city commission meeting now, they're talking about inclusionary zoning, they're talking about affordable housing, you go to the county commission meetings, you know, they're taking um, uh, land that they own, and they're offering it to developers either free of charge or at a, uh, a reduced rate in order to incentivize um, affordable housing. We weren't talking about those things five or six years ago. We simply were. So now I am seeing with the um, the elected officials in, in, in Venice and in Northport and in Sarasota city and county, I'm seeing progress being made. Uh, we need to make a lot more progress sure. in order to not continue to fall behind. Um, but it is very optimistic that as a community, we are beginning to talk about it and we're actually... Making policy decisions that are assisting with the problem—that gives great. me hope. It's that's good to hear. Well, so here's what we're going
0: to do: we're going to give you six months to solve the affordable housing problem. Then we're going to put you on the property insurance problem in
1: Florida. Okay. And then you want to solve that okay. then too? No, I don't because I don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any experience with insurance. But I'd, I, um, if if we can, if I would advise your uh, listening audience to. Uh, go to the Gulf Coast website where those recommendations of the Affordable Housing Advisory Committee are made available. Um, and if we can get all of those policies adopted in six months after that, we can come back and have this conversation and it will be a completely different conversation. That's great. That's great. Well, I will definitely have all that in the show notes so
0: people will have a link to go to and make sure that we, they can read all that but John, listen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. I appreciate awesome. you taking the time. Thank you. And I it's thank you uh, so much
1: for covering this issue.
0: Yeah, you bet. You bet. Because it's again, I've just run into it uh, at all the chamber meetings and uh, some of the other events I've been to. And so it's just uh, it's something that we have to uh, really address. And it looks like you're doing it and a lot of really smart people are taking you know taking the lead on. It. So we appreciate it. Appreciate you being on the show. My pleasure. Alrighty. Bye-bye everyone. And thank you for tuning in to Sarasota stories podcast onward and upward. Hello, dear listeners. This is Bob again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram facebook and linkedin and remember no matter where you go to listen learn and connect